Da 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 da. Welcome, dear listeners. Um, we're going to start with a few retractions. Unfortunately, we'd like to apologize for encouraging anarchy, but we won't. People of Killington, we're all still here. We're still the only authority on Earth. Gimmel is gone. Why are you all still? Sorry. Welcome, dear listeners, to Vermont Stretch Radio. Take a look out of your window at the portals that stretch into the sky. They all look rather pretty, do they not? The tragic, tragic, tragic loss of the Wardens to a tear in space-time has sadly not resulted in widespread outbreaks of anarchy and vigilante justice against our corrupt oppressors as much as it has resulted in a few scattered outbreaks of anarchy and random acts of violence and theft. We are in a world where the Wardens are gone and people are still following the letter of the law for the most part. Isolated pockets of looting and vandalism have erupted as some people take the disappearance of Earthbait's monolithic authority of villains as a sign that they should do whatever they like. The Wardens had disappeared shortly after their building was enveloped by a series of overlapping portals into other dimensions as they all expanded up into the sky and across Megacity Gimmel. We are still unsure as to whether they were tossed into another dimension entirely or thrown into an endless and howling nothing between worlds. We can only hope. In more interesting news than giant doorways that blot out the horizon and a tiny restrained descent into anarchy, the supervillain and former member of the Slaughterhouse Nine, Damsel of Distress, has been put on trial for murder. That's a member of the Slaughterhouse Nine on trial for murder. This marks just about the only time in recorded history that this has happened and is one of those little quirks that result from giving out an amnesty for just about everything. As a Killington resident, I have to be a little concerned about this, considering that the average listener to this program was probably related to somebody who was turned into an installation art piece before being erased from existence by a campaign of firebombing. It's just a shame that all that is still classified. Thanks, wardens. That legacy of lying to the public's face is still going strong. Well, not quite lying, more not telling the whole truth. A lie of a mission, told for the sake of the public, told so that people can face another day. Well, I for one think that there is nothing wrong with telling the truth. For example, when I told my intern, Nora James, that I flayed her mother alive not five minutes before the secret event that led to the amnesty, and that therefore legally I can't actually be held accountable for that crime, even though her mother likely did not die for another day or so, when I told her that as I was wearing her mother's very uniform, she just gave me this confused look. And now all I get is a few worried glances from her every now and again. I suppose what I'm getting at, dear listeners, is that confessing to all the little things we've done is only natural, and that capes have nothing to fear by going public with all their sins, provided that they don't just slip up and make some new sins now, don't they? So... The new, new protectorate the other day managed to stop our first crime, actually. I was out patrolling the fair settlement of Killington too when I encountered a mugging, which is a bit of a novelty in a day and age where no one has anything worth mugging them for. 
anyway, as per our strict policy of not doing anything expressly permitted by the local government, or the closest thing resembling one, I took a picture of it and walked off to check with the Killington Council in order to ask if theft was against one of those rules that Megacity Gimmel has yet to get around to finalising, or having finalised for them by whoever ends up mayor. Incidentally, vote Jane Wynne for mayor, the right woman for the right job, the right spelling for the wrong name. Us. Where was I? That's right. It turns out that they said that sitting around watching a woman being beaten for not hanging over her wallet was immoral of me, at which point, of course, I returned to the scene of the crime, finding her battered and heaving form, and making absolutely certain that she hadn't triggered, approaching to comfort her only when I was sure that she did not have any new powers that might pose a danger to my life or require me to give her pamphlets about joining my team. Then I politely asked her if she knew which direction her attacker had wandered off in and promptly set off in pursuit. I'm just kidding, dear listeners. I'm not that callous. It... Well, what actually happened was I stepped in to help her, and noticing that her attacker had decided to pull out a knife, I disarmed him, removing said knife from his hand and inserting it into his throat. But that doesn't erase the point that I was trying to make. That sort of callousness and that sort of willingness to put the rights of criminals over their victims is exactly what illegalizing vigilante justice will do. If capes aren't allowed to fight crime, then all they have is being a rogue cape, which tends to be a bit of a mess even before someone decides to arrest you for putting the humble knife manufacturers of America out of work. Well, being a rogue cape and crime. Crime being a bit of a spectrum, of course, robbing banks, picking fights with heroes, murdering entire small towns in order to use their bodies as decorations. Personally, I think that if a cape has a hobby other than mass murder, maybe it might be nice to encourage that sort of productive behaviour instead of shaking a fist at them for not following the government's laws to the letter. Speaking, actually, of letters, we got a letter. I got a letter! Fan mail! Dear Mr. Guy, Mr. Guy, I am an avid follower of your show and am writing you for several reasons. The first is to congratulate you on the feat of getting a radio station up and running, as well as making said station available to the public. I've got to say, your work is fantastic and a great help to those of us who live out here in the Vermont stretch. I also write to ask you your opinion on the various non-warden cape teams popping up, heroic or villainous. Do you have an opinion? Also, what would be your advice if, for some reason, Earth Cheat and their warmongering comes to serious fruition and they manage to assault us? How should we defend ourselves? Finally, I'd like to ask you about your safety. You've been saying certain things about villains that they probably won't like, and you've been bad-mouthing quite a few heroes. Not to say that I don't agree with you, but I want to ask if you're safe. We don't need to lose any more people to needless violence. I hope that this letter reaches you, as the mail system can be a little spotty where I live. Sincerely, Martin Vettins. Well, first of all, Mr. Vettins, thank you very, very much for getting your letter to us. It means a lot to me. Public broadcasting is something I believe in. Everyone should have a voice. Everyone should be heard. 
admittedly, Killington is a bit of a hike and is more than a little inhospitable, but anyone who actually manages to get here is free to use our station. I can't take full credit for the station. This thing was initially being set up as a relay tower or something by the wardens, but with a few words in the right places, we got a broadcasting tower. A little bit late and a little bit over budget, but still here for the people of the Vermont stretch. Some people might say that it's a stretch to call a collection of scattered settlements a stretch, but those people aren't people I care about. Now, addressing your first question, Mr. Vettins, I think that it is inspiring to see a new generation of capes and a new crop of teams, certainly better than seeing the same old lot again. Good riddance to the wardens, whose fair scheme of promotion saw legend the retiree given a high rank alongside Ms. Militia the mass murderer. On the other side of the law, we see the resurgence of old villains, such as Marquis. Marquis? It seems he's changed his name in the 15 years he spent in the birdcage. Teacher is loose too, but God knows what he's getting up to these days now that there's no more prime ministers for him to murder. The undersiders maintain their fragile grip on Brockton Bay Gimmel for a fourth year running, now weakened by the portal that just sliced their little city in half. Not to read too deep into things, but it says a lot that the world saw by many as a second chance was secretly taken over by villains from day one. As for new teams of capes, Advance Guard, they are a joke, and they have more in common with, with Kermit the Frog than an independent team of capes. Now I want you to take that last sentence, and now I want to substitute the name of any new cape teams that have emerged recently for the Advanced Guard. The Wardens had as many puppet organizations as Jim Henson, dear listeners, with more recent villains, the other side of the law to those heroes. I had very high hopes for Lord of Losses' prospective team. The Norfair disaster aside, they seemed to have a lot of solid synergy. Sure, they lacked bloodlust, and they ran at the first sign that a woman they'd hoped to kidnap had gotten hurt, but they could have made it big. It seems the majority of its members were mercenaries hired for a one-off job, though. My next top pick was Beast of Burden's team. Bob, Nailbiter, Sidepiece, and former Slaughterhouse Nine member, Damsel of Distress. A team lacking in utility, but making up for it with a strong and experienced defensive core that could carry them past most conventional threats. Unfortunately, Beast of Burden was listed amongst the casualties in last week's assault on the Fallen Compound. With regards to Earth Cheat and the possibility of war with Earth Cheat, I still argue that it will never happen and that the current state of affairs is a mess of politics and fear-mongering. With that said, I am already prepared for Invasion and or Gold Morning 2, the sequel. Should interdimensional war and or plague and or a terrifying godlike entity destroying worlds break out, I am safely sequestered far, far away from anything. So, my advice to you is to first find a place comfortably far away from the city, but still with a view of it so that you can watch the mushroom clouds as they billow in and out of the tangle of portals that make up the night sky. Which you already have as a resident of Vermontu. Then, 
Well, if the city remains intact, I advise you surrender to any invading forces and then commence with peaceful protests against your occupation. If they start to crack down on civil protests, I advise you conduct uncivil ones. I still think that an actual invasion itself on their behalf is a very, very poor idea, as any one of a dozen capes could feasibly exterminate their entire world. Moving on from that, you have risen the issue of my personal safety. I think that I am quite, quite safe, Martin. I haven't killed anyone since Gold Morning, and I barely killed anyone before that, well, with the exception of Officer Kylie James of the PRT, but that was, well, it was, it was a mistake, quite honestly. If I took five minutes longer, I'd have known there was a truce, and I wouldn't have needed the disguise to begin with. I mean, how was I supposed to know they were starting to take us alive instead of burning us alive? If you don't give people the option of surrender, they aren't going to surrender. They're just going to try and cause as much suffering as they can with what little time you've given them. Oh, um, that's not really what you meant. You meant the whole insulting capes publicly thing. Well, if they want to be remembered as the villain that couldn't stand a bit of bad press, then they'd have joined the wardens now, wouldn't they? If they can take the public hating them, then they can take a few bad jokes. And I certainly didn't get this far without learning to live and let live myself, now did I? As for bad-mouthing the heroes, they are heroes. They aren't going to do a thing so long as I toe the line. Otherwise, they'd have done something about Lord of Loss or the Undersiders, or Jeannie Wynn's nerdy husband, or Damsel of Distress, or Marquis slash Marquis, or, I don't know, the Teapot Despot. Finally, as for whether this letter reached me, yes, Martin, yes, it did. Great. Uh, that actually seems to be all the time we have today for our broadcast. Replying to letters like this actually takes a lot of time. Hmm. How about a mailbag broadcast, actually, listeners? We could do something special. Send in a few questions, I broadcast a few answers, anything you like. I promise to answer every question I get, read every piece of fan mail, and give a truthful answer to anything that the greater Cape community won't get anxious about if I decide to talk about it. Sailor Shebear. Give that a look in, dear listeners. And good night people of Vermont too. Good night, people of Earth Gimmel. Good night, residents of Killington. This was a fan production for Parahuman Audio Community Content. Worm, Ward, and the Parahuman series are all owned and written by J.C. McRae. Check out Worm at parahumans.wordpress.com and check out Ward at parahumans.net for the Warm Audiobook Project. Did I just say Warm? I meant the Ward Audiobook Project, available at parahumanaudio.com. The Worm Audiobook Project is not available at parahumanaudio.com. Thanks to Rain, the reader of the Worm Audiobook Project, available at parahumanaudio.com. For hosting us at parahumanaudio.com. Thanks to Kittius for beta reading, although we were hoping to have a few more hands on deck today, bit of a last minute stretch. 
and thanks to insert your name here, friendly beta, a placeholder name that I put in that was unused because nobody else showed up. Thank you to all you mewling civilians. Go send in your letters on our space battles thread, on our sufficient velocity thread, or in the comments section of this very episode, hosted on parahumanaudio.com.